You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Thursday, December 28, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. Justin Jones is right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls in the first hour on the first and main condominiums hotline and in the second hour on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. And uh, let me tell you this, we are jam-packed today. Now, this is one of those shows, you know, every now and then I have a show where I don't hardly have maybe maybe one guest. But today, uh, four guests. So we're jam-packed. <clears throat> now, we'll still get some phone calls in, but we are we are loaded, and I'll run it down for you here in just a second. First, though, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It really is just a better way of banking. And uh, I should know I've been a member uh, and uh, am a member and absolutely love Alabama Credit Union. Convenience and savings make life better. The ACU Lifestyle Account. You can learn more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. All right, here is the lineup. Uh, Bart Heitch on Hoops. Heitch on Hoops is going to be with us at 9.15. I told you I want to get him on every Wednesday, but I was not in studio yesterday having to deal with some some stuff and, um, you know, did the show remotely and and just didn't get Bart on. We had a couple of football guests yesterday from out in Los Angeles. So he's going to be on today at 9.15. So we'll talk some hoops, uh, SEC and Bama hoops. And then at 9.30, the coach, Ellis Johnson, is going to uh, rejoin us this morning to preview all these bowl games, including, of course, the Rose Bowl with Alabama and Michigan. And then at 10 o'clock, D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC.com, will be in with the Falcons report. Then at 10.30, my pal Jeff Spiegel, sports anchor and host of The Zone at ABC 3340. So, Justin, today we're going to be rocking and we're going to be rolling. Uh, Having said that, as I said, we're still going to get some phone calls in. In fact, you can get in in this first segment if you want to give us a call right now uh, because we've got Bart Heitch uh, on hoops in the next segment and Ellis Johnson at 930. But we can take phone calls right now. The First minute, first and Main Condominiums hotline, 205-342-9904. All right, the, the college uh, bowl game schedule is we're into it now. I mean, it's uh, it is there are games every night and last night we finally got the sec involved and, you know i did all my bowl game picks yesterday justin as you know and um i hit the first one you know i took uh i took oklahoma state and um what was the line five maybe something like that three three yeah i took oklahoma state and um I thought A&M played well in that game last night when you consider how many people they've had opt out and go into the portal and you know transition with the coaching staff their starting quarterback goes down really early in the game before the game even got going good and uh the kid that came in played well and and they had a chance at the end and would have had a much better chance uh, you know the the running back on that screen pass was uh inside maybe what the 10 yard line five yard line and fumbled the football away and um you know they wound up losing the Tax Act Texas Bowl in Houston at NRG Stadium where 
the national championship game is going to be to Oklahoma State, 31-23. to uh, You heard in the Fox Sports update going into the show that um, Miller Moss getting his first start. Caleb Williams, of course, not playing for USC, and all he did was throw six touchdown passes. How about that one? So, <laughs> you know, Caleb Williams is good, but maybe, you know, maybe it's that Lincoln-Riley system for quarterbacks, 42-28. USC beat Louisville, and also in the Dukes Mayo Bowl, it was West Virginia all over North Carolina. Of course, North Carolina without Drake May, thirty to ten in the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com up in Annapolis. I was a little surprised by this one. Uh, Virginia Tech rushed for over three hundred yards and blew out Tulane 41-20. And that was, what, a 10-2 Tulane team and a 6-6 six six Virginia Tech team, I think, Justin, was the records going in. Of course, Tulane, Willie Fritz, their head coach, went to Houston, and some were all the um, head coach from Troy coming in. But Virginia Tech laid one on Tulane. So, again, the bowl recap from Wednesday uh, in the uh, Military Bowl, Virginia Tech over Tulane 41-20. to in the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, it was West Virginia 30, North Carolina 10. The DirecTV Holiday Bowl in San Diego, Petco Park. Six touchdown passes for Miller Moss. USC took care of Louisville 42-28. And in the Tax Axe Tech Bowl, uh, the SEC gets off to an 0-1 start as Oklahoma State, which is another 10-win team, you know. I, I tell you what, Mike Gundy does a good job with those Cowboys every year. They're competitive. Remember, they lost to South Alabama. This year, but they beat Oklahoma in the final bedlam, and now they get the bowl win over Texas A&M, two of their longtime rivals. Uh, so another good year for the Cowboys. And I did say yesterday I thought the SEC would have a winning record in bowl games at five and four. I don't think they're going to do much better than that. Now they're already off to an own one start. Mike Gundy does such a good job because he's a grown man. He's yeah, 40. He, he was forty years ago. Now, now, now he's in his fifties, uh, and uh, but he does do a good job. He's been and he's been there a long time. You know, he played there as a quarterback and uh, coaching at his alma mater. And and you know, in this in this era of coaches always on the move, uh, Mike Gundy has been at, at Oklahoma State for a long, long time. So the bowl game season is in full swing coming up today. Uh, beginning bright and early, and I mean early, like while I'm doing my show at 10 o'clock, at 10 o'clock Central Time, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl up at the Fenway Park in Boston. We'll have Boston College with the home field advantage taking on a really good SMU team. That is at 10 a.m. Eastern, or Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern. At 1.15 Central Time, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium. So you have two by iconic baseball stadiums hosting bowl games. Rutgers takes on Miami. And at 445 Central, the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando. Have you seen that trophy, Justin? It's a football, a silver football, but it's got slots in it like a toaster. And they've got real Pop-Tarts in the trophy. So if you're hungry after the game, you can have a Pop-Tart. I used to love Pop-Tarts when I was a kid. And I, I, a little unusual tidbit about me, I still like Pop-Tarts, but I do not like the frosted ones. I like the plain strawberry or blueberry. You know, just the, just the plain Pop-Tarts, no frosting on them? Yeah, no frosting. No, I don't like the frosting. I respect it. I respect yeah. it. <laughs> I, but I love the regular Pop-Tarts. I don't eat them much anymore um, because you might as well just get you a three or four donuts, um, and and because they're the sugar content, the cal- 
calorie content and a Pop-Tart. Uh, they're little pastries, by the way, but they are really good. But that's coming up between North Carolina State and Kansas State down in Orlando. And then the final bowl game of the day, the Valero Alamo Bowl at 815 Central tonight from San Antonio, Arizona, taking on Oklahoma, which should be a really good game. And then, so, you know, then you just roll on into Friday. You've got um, four more games on Friday, and then you've got four more games on Saturday. Very interestingly enough, though, New Year's Eve's on Sunday, and no New Year's Eve bowl games. Of course, we've got NFL, but no New Year's Eve bowl games. Justin, were you aware of that? All these games, but Sunday had, does not have a single college football game. I wasn't aware of that. I just yeah. assumed there was going to be. Mm-mm. There's four on Saturday, none on Sunday, and then, of course, on Monday, you get um, the ReliaQuest Bowl beginning at 11 a.m. down in Tampa. You get the Verbo Fiesta Bowl beginning at noon in Glendale, Arizona. You get the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl beginning at noon in Orlando. And then, of course, you get the Rose Bowl, a college football playoff semifinal presented by Prudential at 4 o'clock Central, the All-State Sugar Bowl at 745 Central. And um, then it's the college football playoff national championship game a week from Monday night out in Houston. So another season is coming to an end, but, boy, we got a lot of football between now and and the end of the season. All right, it's 11 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. We're rocking and rolling here on the Gary Harris Show. And um, we're going to get to our first time out of the program. And when we come back, we're talking hoops with Bart Heitch. Heitch on hoops, 930, Ellis Johnson, the coach. Uh, 10 o'clock, D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat rider with the Falcons report. And then at 1030, Jeff Spiegel. So uh, also, I didn't even mention it. I got time to mention it here before we get to the break, though. Uh, Alabama is in Los Angeles, obviously. They've already practiced twice. Yesterday, they had the big Disney kickoff event. I got some, um, they had a press conference at Disney, Justin, I got some of that sound, and I had to run a little bit of it on TV last night, but I don't know if they didn't have a malt box or it was like it was picking it up off the camera. The audio quality was not great, uh, so I thought about running some on the radio. TV is a little different because at least you can see them talking. It makes it a little easier to understand what they're saying, but uh, the audio was just not it was it was it was a lot of background noise there, so not going to play any of that. But Alabama's out there, and and they're listen. Their itinerary is full every day between trying to prepare for the game and all the media functions with press conferences and media days and you know different events with the two teams. They're going to be really really busy. All right, twelve minutes after the hour, nine o'clock, we'll take a break and come back with Bart Heights on hoops next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. When you wake up. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and 
and feel good about your... As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Colder with increasing clouds by afternoon. A few light rain showers mixing in with snow showers overnight. We'll top out around 48 today, drop to 31 overnight. No significant accumulations or impacts expected. Mostly cloudy, a few light rain or snow showers hanging around on Friday. Today, time high near 47. No significant accumulations expected. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 37 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. They're playing basketball. Uh, all around the we world. All right, 916, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We're going to break away from some of the football discussion, talk a little SEC basketball as the conference schedule is literally right around the corner. Uh, People will wrap up with their pre-conference schedules this weekend, and next week we get SEC basketball. And joining us to talk about it is our SEC basketball analyst, Bart Heights, presented by NextGameHoops.com. And uh, we're ready to get into it. Hey, good morning, Bart. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing well. Uh, let's. Let, I want to start with Alabama, obviously, because that's a team I cover uh-huh. here, and and it, they're such an interesting team. You know, I watched that Eastern Kentucky game. Uh, you know, they, they were up twenty nine at the half. Give Eastern Kentucky credit. I, I think they started the second half run, uh, second half on like a 13, 14 nothing run, and then Alabama winds up winning it by forty plus. They hang one hundred and eleven on the scoreboard. I mean, they can if you if you don't have really. If you can't match up with them, they can make you look bad. They can embarrass you. 19 of 38 from the three-point line. Um, And they get Liberty Saturday in Birmingham in the CM Newton Classic. Going to be a good basketball game there at the Legacy Arena. And then they travel to Vanderbilt next week and kick off SEC play. But here's where I'm going with this. Alabama's 7-5. and They played an unbelievable schedule. I mean, including those three games in a row away from home against uh, Purdue, Creighton, and and Arizona, plus lost to Clemson at home and and then uh, Ohio State down in Destin. And I look at this team, and I think, again, they're going to run some people out of the gym. But, and I know you say, and I know Coach Oates and company are going to work hard to try to, to cover the flaws, but the way they're built, the kind of the way they play, the team that they have, they're not going to get any new players for this year. They might get some for next year. But, you know, with Betty Ako, as you've pointed out correctly, when he left, that really changed the dynamic of what they thought they would have. The issues they have now, Bart, are the same issues to me they're going to have in, in February and March. I, I just, you know, Wagee's, and and Pringle and, and maybe they can work with those guys and they can hold up a little better. But when they run into experienced inside presence type teams, whether it's Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn with Broom, or obviously if you get into the NCAA tournament, I think, and I don't like to use the term exposed, but I think Alabama's issues that they're having in December, they're going to be having them again. I, I don't know how you can fix that based on their personnel. All right, that, I, I set you up with that. I want you to try to explain what you think. All right, so you got uh, you're dead on. Um, there's three main issues to me. Number one is the rim protection. Uh, that 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 is something that you know. It, there's a lot of the same players. Yeah, there's some different players, but you got some of the same guys defensively here from the front to the back, right? But in the back, it's not the same. 
Right. Um, and you did lose a lot on the perimeter as well, obviously, in lane for Brandon Miller. No one ever really gave him credit for just how good of a defender he was, not only on the perimeter, but protecting the rim. Brandon Miller would get two or three blocks a game. Clowney would get two or three blocks a game. And then you had Betty Ako. That's a completely different dynamic that, you know, and I think that may be a little of Pringle's frustration is like, hey, man, there's so much on me. But here's the three things. Number one, they got to they, they, they somehow start protecting the rim. That comes with rebounding. They got to win the rebounding battle, Gary. Um, and they're usually pretty good at that. Um, but at the same time, it's the second chance points offensive putbacks. They've got to win that battle. Uh, they can't turn it over. Um, that's been an issue. But I think the free throw line. I think somehow they've got to find a way to get to the free throw line a little bit more uh, and, and consistently win that free throw battle, especially the make battle. The, uh, you know, Gary, it's just tempo is going to be an issue when teams can slow them down. Uh, and then right. you talk about the rebounding. But the, but the whole the, the bottom line of all that, offensive rebounding, protecting the rim, blah, blah, you got to get stops. You got to get stops when that shot clock's running down. Um, and or you got to attack people and get them out. You go to some gimmick type stuff, you know, to hide some of that issue. Um, but if you do go to gimmick stuff, rebound is a problem. Or if you go to zone, rebound is a problem. So it's a game to game thing. I think it'll show up on the road. What Alabama can't do is Alabama can't lose home games they're not supposed to. If that makes sense, their Kim Palm's going to be way up on. Yeah, you. I mean, you're right. Alabama's almost top ten, and Ole Miss is undefeated or whatever it was, and it's like. You know, number 90, right. you know, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So Alabama fans don't need to hit the panic button just yet, but you're going to have to find a way to win the free throw battle, get rebounds, and get stops uh, better than you are at this point going to the league. All right, let's go around the league a little bit. And you mentioned Ole Miss, and again, I'm I, I, listen, schedules can dictate a lot. We know that. I, I remember That's one year um, when David Hobbs was here, and Alabama started, uh, you know, all those great teams underwent, but I don't think they had started 11-0. and 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 they started 11-0, and uh, and they got into the SEC, and, you know, they were an average team because that 11-0 and record looked great on paper, but it was somewhat a product of, of, of the schedule. And they kind of got, you know, uh, exposed in the conference play and had a decent team, but not what you look at 11-0, and you're thinking, oh, man, what can this team do? Uh I know you like Chris Beard, and rightfully so. I mean, he's a great basketball coach. But, again, when Ole Miss gets into SEC play, uh, what are we going to see that SEC teams are going to be able to do against them maybe that other teams haven't been able to do? I I don't think they've played a lot of really big teams. Um, Now, I will say this. Don't sleep on that game they got Sunday with Bryant. Bryant's got to win against FAU. Nobody remembers that back in early November when Bryant went to FAU and beat a Final Four team. I sure didn't. There's a couple of games like that this weekend. Um, Georgia's got one. Arkansas's got one. Uh, There's some maneuvering, you know, to these games going into the season. Now, you can't lose focus if you're Ole Miss because everything, and I mean everything, every close game bounce, everything has gone right. Um and to be honest, I think they start. I think they start about two, two and three or three and two. Um, I think you're going to see that from a lot of teams. Auburn's one that I think you'll see they, their schedule's favorable early. Um, but Ole Miss opens up at Tennessee. I don't think they'll win that game uh, at Tennessee. And then they play Florida at home. And those two teams, I'm going to go ahead and make this prediction. I think those two teams, along with the Mississippi State, are going to be either close to the bubble or just a little bit above. An Ole Miss-Florida game is going to be a really big game to look back upon um, if things go the course of the season the way I think they will. I think Ole Miss will come back a little bit. They're going to beat Vandy at home. 
and they'll probably go to LSU and win. So that Florida game makes them three and two or two and three because I do not think they go to Auburn. Um, because they got a stretch, Gary, where they go all, at Auburn, Arkansas at home, at AM, and Mississippi State at home. Those are the stretches that you see. You can't go one and three in those stretches. You got to go two and two. You can't get below 500 in those, and then you win the games you're supposed to win at home. I mean, I just, you know, Flanagan's dynamic. He's playing like a first team yeah, all the guy. He is. I mean, he is. He's showing what Wes Flanagan wanted everybody to see at Auburn. And he just never had the ball in his hands. And I like the way they're playing through him. And But I do think in the league people will start figuring out their offense. I think their point production will go down. Uh, and I and I think they're going to – there's just a lot, of, there's a lot of good teams in this league. So I think they're going to be, you know, midway through the season, they're going to be a little bit above the middle maybe. But they got to win a couple of games in that Florida game at home. Uh, Todd Golden's team, I really like them. That Florida game at home is a very pivotal game for Chris Beard. No miss early. Your Mississippi State Bulldogs have kind of righted the ship after that uh, those two brutal losses to Georgia Tech and that home loss to Southern. I'll, I'll just I'll never get over that one. Uh, but they've they've strung together some some good wins now. Uh, I think it's it's four in a row and and uh, blew out Tulane, uh, beat Rutgers wow. in, in that stretch. Got a final warm up game uh, against Bethune coming up on Sunday, and then at, at South Carolina. And we know South Carolina's record is strong uh, a week from Saturday to open SEC play. What are you seeing from Mississippi State right now? He's short in the rotation. Uh, you know, and that, uh, that they went through some internal locker room stuff, man. Started at Georgia Tech, going into Southern. Um, you know, you blow a lead here and there like that. But look, I'm not, I'm not concerned. Uh, I'm not concerned at this point about this thing because the last two games, they have absolutely dominated people. Yeah. I mean, and it is not. And Jimmy Bell has, I mean, he's, but you got, I, I don't know what's going to happen when Tolu comes back because it's coming. It's probably going to be by the Bama game. And when he gets back, yeah, he'll get are back you going to play Bama, together? Time, yeah. <laughs> are you gonna, but, but, but is that good or bad for State? Oh, I, think, I still think it's good, Bart. Um, anytime you're getting Tolu back, I'm just saying that right now you've righted the ship, like you said, okay? Well, you are getting a preseason all SEC, all American type guy back. But, you know, this this schedule, eh, eh, you got to win at South Carolina. That first game in South Carolina's playing really well. That's a tough start with an upstart team. And I just I don't like that matchup, that first game. But then you go to – you have Tennessee at home, you have Alabama at home, and then you go to Kentucky. All right, so that, that stage four game stretches at South Carolina, at, uh, Tennessee at home, Alabama at home, and then at Kentucky. I mean, what would you expect them to go in those three games, Gary? I don't know. I I, yeah, I, 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 I really don't. I really don't know because I, I just I'm having a hard time. That's why I like having you on. I'm just having a hard time getting a feel for this entire league, dude. I mean, exactly, man. I just yeah. I can't handicap it. I mean, I I'm I'm going to be fascinated to see how this conference schedule plays out because I'm telling you, man. I look I look at it right now, and out of 14 teams. I think there are eight teams that have a legitimate shot to win the SEC regular season championship. That may sound crazy, but that's what I believe. Oh, and it may be more than that. Dane Bradshaw was on with us uh, last week, and this point blew my mind. He said, Bart, when's the last time going into Christmas that you had double digits, but not just double digits, 10, 12 teams, 12 teams going home to Christmas holidays, and when they go home to talk to their family, they talk about they might be going to the NCAA tournament. Twelve? Mm. That's, that's I nuts. mean, this is going to be 
wide open. Um, I think less than 500, a couple of teams may get in. But back to the Mississippi State, the thing you said about State, State's non-conference wins. Uh, that, that's a, that's a, Ruggers is not great. Ruggers is not what they were last year. But that's a big-time win to go in there and just dominate them in New York uh, in the second half. And I just feel like that you – know, I think Coach Santa I actually talked to him last night, and I mean, spent some time with fans. Shout out to his wife. Uh, she'd lost a family member, and it was first Christmas. And they had, that they had kind of settled into that. So, man, they, there's been a lot going on um, with different – you know, all these teams have got this uh, different stuff. But um, I like where State is. Uh, but that South Carolina game, man, is not an easy draw early, especially with the South Carolina team. Knows they're playing with probably an NCAA tournament team. You can go ahead and get that win at home. To, all right, to this point, Gary, you got to protect your home court. This is You can't lose at home because those road games are going to be so much harder to get. And I'm telling you, man, on that schedule, don't look now. But Auburn's going to be up there. Well, that's what yeah, we're getting there. up against the clock a little bit. I'm a little tighter on time than normal. I was going to go with, okay. with, with Auburn and Kentucky because I mentioned Alabama being an interesting team. Auburn is a really interesting team, too, because, um, you know, he's he's got the parts. Uh, you know, you know Pearl likes having a mixture of three-point shooting. He still likes having a guy down on the low block, and they've got that with Broom. Cardwell's kind of an enforcer. This is one of those Bruce Pearl type teams that you could see making a run in March, unlike some other teams that he that he's had. This team kind of fits his personality to me. You agree? It fits his personality well. Um, and I think the emergence of Donald in the last couple of weeks, if he can come in and be that shot maker guy, because see, we all know Katie Johnson is going to, in his 10 years that he's been there, he's going to take two or three games over. It's just going to happen. you got that. you got that dynamic. Um, and then Denver Jones has played well for them, too. I mean, just give them solid minutes. But it's guard play uh, and Janai Broom. I mean, that's it. But Cardwell has been a welcome. But it's time for Cardwell. He's a senior. But, dude, I just looked down this, I looked down their schedule, and I, I just don't see a lot of games. They're going to lose at home, Gary. I'm with I you. Just, I just don't, you. man. I think it's the hardest place to play in the country, and I think if you've had that, uh, definitely it's the hardest at home in the league, uh, in my opinion. No offense to any of the rest of those. But, yeah, he, he's going to be there, man. Um, and – you know, there's just a lot of different storylines. You know, think about that Alabama, Auburn Ole Miss game when Auburn plays Ole Miss and the whole oh, against this yeah. That's I mean, good. this is going to be that's this going to be awesome, these, man. Whether you like it or not, that's going to be personal. Hundred percent. Duty to South Carolina, it's personal. <laughs> I mean, these things. This is just crazy time, yeah. man. Um, so. But yeah, and in Kentucky, I think they're the best team in the league. Yeah, you do. You're right. I think you're right, man. They're they're going to be they're going to be scary good. I'm, I'm with you. I I I knew they were good, and then after you pointed that out to me, um, watching them, and I thought, yeah, man, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be a low. They're they're probably my pick, not just because they're Kentucky, but because Cal's finally got it back. I, I think I think they'll win the league. Well, I I tell you what, I don't want to see. I don't want to see them mess around and slip up out of conference in a game like this weekend against Illinois State. They need to roll in there. They need to win at home. They've just played bad at home, Gary, and they've had games that are too close. But, I mean, you know, their schedule opens up at Florida, Missouri, at home, at A&M, Mississippi State. That ain't given. But I think they go 3-1 and at that time. I think after four games, there's one schedule. I can't remember who it is. Maybe Tennessee. Somebody is not. You may have one 4-0 team in the league. Um, but I don't think you'll I do I don't think you'll see a five and O team in the league unless it's Kentucky. All right, brother. Um 
got to get to the break because I got the strong old guests. Next game hoops and, and Bart Heights are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Barry Sanderson, in fact, was telling me this morning, he caught some of you on TV and was talking about what a good job you do. And I said, well, if there's a high school basketball game in this state, <laughs> he said, "He said, where does Bart live? I said, I'm not sure. I mean, he's just on, he's on the road all the time. Nomad, baby. Nomad, baby. I'm actually in Orange Beach. I'm about to head home uh, back north, and I'll be stopping in Birmingham to catch the uh, Christmas tournament out in Thompson and also the Big Orange Classic, which is close to my heart. Uh, and it's just, there's just so much good basketball. And actually, speaking of, High Troops is coming to, uh, is going to be coming to Tuscaloosa. I'm very close to booking, and Gary, you've got to come. Actually, I might want you to do the game with you um, and, and do the play by play. I'll just call you out on that right now if it works out. Kilcrest Northridge at Hillcrest. I'd love to do that Last one with you. Of the year. Could possibly be for the. Uh, area so, Suttles versus Sanderson, Hillcrest versus versus Northridge. I'd love to do that game with you, man. Absolutely. And also, I may, I'm trying to pick up a, the Bryant Northridge game as well. Northridge may be the best team in six days. People need to pay attention, but they may play in the toughest area and couldn't could possibly not get out of their area. That's how tough Tuscaloosa basketball is this year, and we're going to focus on it. Hot shoots. So oh, that's fine. Yeah, now, listen, I, you, you threw it out there publicly, so yeah. If you want me to do that game, I'll work it out because I, I would love. Let's go. I'd love to do that game with you because, oh boy, I tell you, those two coaches—they get after it. That's going to be a, a great basketball game. Real quickly, uh, you like uh, Alabama to take care of Liberty Saturday? Yeah, I do. Um, I like Alabama to get back on track. I like a lot of points in that game, and uh, just we need no, th- there'll be at least one slip up at home from a team in the SEC this week. Um, let's just hope it's not uh, any of ours. Thank you, Bart. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Good stuff. 932, we'll take a break. Come back with Coach Ellis Johnson talking uh, SEC football in the bowl games. We'll do that next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. The coach is back. Nelson Johnson uh, texted Coach earlier this week, and I said, hey, I know we wrapped up our regular season, man, but I really want to get you on for these for these bowl games. And Coach said, uh, absolutely. So, good morning. Ellis, how are you? Good morning, Gary. Glad to have you, man. A lot, a lot of games to break down. Let, let's start with last night because the SEC's got nine uh, teams involved in bowl games, and it finally had an SEC team last night. And I don't think um, – you or I either one are surprised by the by the outcome when you look at uh, Oklahoma State and you know their team pretty much intact, including the the great running back and and Mike Gundy, uh, the head coach, and then you got a you got an A and M team that absolutely um, is you know kind of in shambles right now. You know, thirty something players off the team or in the portal or opting out, coaching transition. The guy who was serving as the head coach last night, acting head coach, is leaving as soon as the game is over to go to to Syracuse. And yet, um, they hung in there last night. They're down to the third-string quarterback. He gets hurt early. The fourth-string quarterback comes in, and they had a chance in that game. Oklahoma State won at 31-23, but uh, I thought with all that was going on with A&M, they actually accounted themselves pretty well. Yep, and I think you've kind of hit on the theme that's going to kind of be there for the next seven yeah, days. Unfortunately, we don't know who these rosters are. Some of these teams, and especially when they when they lose their quarterback, and, and there's an awful lot of them going in the portal. But uh, and then the unfortunate injury to the quarterback that started, uh, you know, it couldn't have been a much worse start. But uh, they've got a lot of talent out there, and like I said, they put put together a pretty good roster and still look competitive. <clears throat> uh, first game. 
an SEC uh, team. So we've still got eight more to go. I always notice that in bowl season, the SEC doesn't play until the later games because they get some of the best bowls. But also, when you get the best bowls, you get some of the best opponents. But, uh, yeah, not a good start. But, Gary, I'm, I'm concerned that most all of the bowls are going to have that, that cloud over them. You, you really don't know who you're watching you know, until you turn it on and see about three series and figure out who they are. It's sad. Yeah, you're right. They're so skewed, and I'm not a gambler. But but if I were, I, I think the bowl season is where I would try to make my money because you're right. I think this is the one time even the the odds makers don't know really how to set these lines. And if you if you're looking at a team that's gutted, I mean, you can just kind of you know it, it's usually a pretty predictable result. Uh, I, I hate it. I want to I want to get your thoughts as a football coach on it. And I and I understand these players have people in their ear, but I. I still think if you're a football player, you play football. And, and uh, you know, we saw last night with, with Southern Cal, of course, uh, Williams sat the game out, and the Miller Moss came in and threw six touchdown passes. So it was a great debut for him. But, but I remember last year, you know, uh, Alabama had three first-rounders, Bryce Young, Will Anderson Jr., and, 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 and uh, Gibbs, the running back. And they didn't, they didn't sit out. They played. And I thought it added value to them. And I thought, you know, one was the number one overall pick, and one was the third overall pick, and one was the first rounder. And I, I don't know why one of these guys don't play. I, I just, you know, some of them will skip their bowl game and play in the senior bowl. I mean, football is football. Why do you think this is happening the way it is that guys, I know we follow, we're follow, a bunch of followers in this country, but guys just feel the need to opt out of their bowl games now. I don't, I don't understand it. Well, it just, all it is is injury, the potential for injury. Now, if you skip the bowl game and then go play in the senior bowl, I agree with you. That makes absolutely no sense. You're getting just as much exposure playing one game as you are the other. Now, I will say this. Uh, if you have a good out in the senior bowl during practice week, that's when most of the scouts and the pro front office people and all of them are there. Uh, not many of them are even hanging around with the game. And they do get to see you up close and personal. Right. They have interviews. It's a combine. So I will say it is better exposure, but it's also exposure to an injury. And that's why they don't play in the bowl game, playing in something. And I guess when you got an opportunity in the playoffs, you feel like it's maybe worth the risk. Uh, the money that these guys are making in pro ball today, it's hard to fault that decision. Some of them are making that kind of money in NIL too. But that's not lasting money. And these pro contracts they sign if they go in the first couple of rounds can set them for life. So it, it's kind of hard to criticize the players for that. Uh, you know, and I think the playoffs are what minimizes the value of the bowl. I'm, I'm with you. Um, when you look at trying to keep the bowls relevant, uh, do you think the 12-team playoff will help in that or – make it even worse because next year, if you're not in the playoffs and you really probably feel like you haven't accomplished much, I mean, how do we keep the, and I know they're going to try to tie in bowl games into the playoff, but how do you, how do you keep these bowl games going when so many players just aren't even interested in them? And like you said, a lot of the teams that run out there don't have anything to do with the teams that played, you know, 12 games during the season. What, 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 what can we do if anything? I, I don't know. It's, it's, they're trying to be the NFL 2.0. And the NFL does not have a hundred and something teams and they don't have people who are leaving in, in a year or two and they don't have guys jumping teams every year. 
Uh, it's just a business model that won't work in the NCAA. We don't need to get too deep in the weeds because I, you know, I'm very anti what's going on with the NCAA now because I think it's going to destroy the bottom levels of football down through the group of fives, one double A's, even below. It's going to damage it, I think, and maybe beyond repair. Uh, the TV fan, oh, it's wonderful. They're going to see great football games every weekend, and they're going to see about 30 teams thrive. And the rest of them are just going to be hanging on the shirt there. Uh, I think the portal, in combination with the NIL, and they lost control of the NIL, and it, it, uh, it's just a free-for-all now. Those are two things that when they came together, was just, you know, it's just awful situation. It, it's enticing, transferring more, and it's also getting some things involved in it that aren't right, tampering and all that. Some kids may not even have it at the back of their mind, and they get a call from their high school coach, and Tech U State University has contacted the high school coach and has told him we'll get him another half a million dollars if he wants to come over here. I mean, it, it, it's, it's that crazy, Gary. It is. It's nuts. It's out of control. And, and the biggest example of what we're facing now, uh, unfortunately, is the Orange Bowl with Florida State. And, and I get it. If I were a Florida State player or coach or fan, I, I would be gutted too, uh, to go to go 13-0 and and not get into the playoff. Having said that, it was like, well, we didn't make the playoff. They just they just quit, including the uh, the backup quarterback who was going to start in the game. And he went into the portal. I mean, it makes you wonder. It doesn't make you wonder. It just kind of shows you where um, where we're at now with you know this this mercenary type of deal with the portal, where guys come in for a year or two, but they're really not. You know, if, if you had a if you were really committed to your team and your school, uh, you would want to play in this game to try to prove people wrong and show people what you're all about. And instead, for the Florida State players, just said, "Oh, forget it. We're done." I, I mean, I I don't even understand that mentality, and I know as a coach, you don't. Yeah, that may be the best example of all games, and this has been in Georgia too. They've, they've got a bunch of them that are not going to play uh, unless the quarterback you mentioned was told you're probably not going to be the guy next year. We're bringing in Joe from from Wisconsin or whatever. I don't understand that because he's got a chance on a big stage to you know to set himself up to be starting quarterback next year. So I, I don't know what's going on behind that. But I remember Coach Saban talking about this about a year ago, and he. He was saying that how important the decision on when you picked your college, how important it used to be, the process that the players went through and the coaches went through. And it was sort of entering into a marriage. I mean, we're going to have this guy for four years. We better check everything about him, his character, his toughness, his work habits, et cetera. And on the other side, the kid's looking at this like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a degree from here. I'm going to be part of this family. The guys I go through this with, are going to be guys I'll know for the rest of my life. And all that's gone now. I mean, you could pick a college knowing that you got a free will to go where you want to if you don't like it. So, you know, you just kind of test drive it now and see how it goes. And if you don't like it, you leave. But, again, it's it's, it's pro sports with no contract. And it's not going to work. And I don't know how far the rails is going to have to get before somebody gets control of it. I don't think we know the answer to that because I, I think if somebody could get control of it, they already would have done it. And, <laughs> you know, coaches exactly are begging right. for it. Coaches just keep saying, hey, somebody's got to do something. But I keep saying, who's going to do what? I mean, 
it's just, it is, like you said, it is free agency with no rules. It's, it's like Lane Kiffin said, you would never, even in the NFL, uh, in the middle of the season, just be able to walk away from your team and go to another team, uh, you know, uh, yeah, unless you're released by the team. Uh, but now in, in college football, you can just you can just leave anytime you want. And yeah, the deal with Tate Rodermaker, the quarterback at, at Florida State, makes no sense to me. All right, let's get to the two big ones. Uh, we'll start obviously with the uh, Rose Bowl with Alabama and Michigan coming up New Year's uh, Day. I, I've the more I've dove into this game, uh, the more I really like Michigan. Uh, of course, obviously, I, I know how talented Alabama is and what Milrose done has been phenomenal. But when you start looking at this Michigan team, coach, you just see. A, a winning football team in every area, you know, defensively, offensively, kicking game, coaching, focus, experience, third year in a row in the playoff, on a mission. Uh, I mean, defensively, I don't think people realize how good they are. I mean, they are incredible. So I think for a lot of Bama fans, it feel like, well, just talent's going to be the difference here. Michigan's talented, too. I, I think this is going to be a heck of a football game, and I think Michigan feels like it's their time, Coach. Well, I, I want to agree with you, but every time I go – um, Michigan, I just remember the explosiveness of Alabama. That's right. Yeah. And then when I try to pick Alabama, I remember the consistency of Michigan. I, if I could bring up anything that I think gives a nod to Alabama, I don't think Michigan has played an extremely tough schedule. That conference is top heavy. It has about six teams in it that, you know, are just gimmies. And I, I don't think they've played the competition Alabama has. On the other hand, they had been tough when they did play the good team, and they didn't have any problem with them. Uh, Alabama, and Alabama, Alabama's fortunate to be there. That last play against Auburn, uh, somebody rushes two people on a Hail Mary. Uh, they're not there. And that's so you just, they're unpredictable. They've been getting better during the end of the season. I do think they're more explosive than Michigan. I think they're more capable of coming back from behind than Michigan. I think Michigan's more consistent. Uh, you know, I I would just I don't know. It's hard to pick it, Gary. I don't know if I could pick one. If I just had to say, I think Michigan's got a little bit of an edge. But if Alabama's hot in that game, they'll beat them in double digits. I you, that's why you're the coach. I agree with everything you said. I, I think for Michigan to win the game, um, and, and and let me ask you this, and and I'm not comparing the talent levels of the two teams or the quality of the teams because obviously Michigan's a better team than Auburn, but I think Michigan probably wants to play the game a lot like Auburn did. I, I mean, they want to be able to run the ball, um, you know, throw some off play action, but either obviously you want to always have the lead, but you know what I'm saying in terms of they don't. You're right, they don't yeah. want Alabama. If Alabama gets away from you a little bit, uh, I think Michigan have a hard time coming back. But as long as they can have the lead or keep it as a one score game or within striking distance and stay within their game plan, I think they feel pretty comfortable. But if Alabama spurts out, um, you know, it could be bad news for Michigan. Is that how you see it? Absolutely. And I think the quarterbacks are the, are the picture of what you just said. I mean, Alabama can be as comfortable in third and 14 as they can in third and four. And Michigan, not so much. I think their quarterback is a heck of a player. Uh, tremendous, you know, ball, I mean, uh, game management, all that taking care of the football, but he doesn't have the explosive skills that Milrow does. And you don't want to have to win the game on, on scrambling 18 yards on third and 14, but he can do it. And, and so you're never comfortable with Alabama. But with Michigan, I do think if they get down, it'll be hard for them to come back on an Alabama defense. Well, I'm going to make you pick a winner. So who do you like? Uh, 
I'm kind of leaning toward Michigan, but I, I can't pick against my heart. I, yeah, I worked in Alabama longer than any other schools. So that's kind of my home team. So I got. I guess I'll have to pick Alabama. Yeah, I picked them too. All right, other uh, college football playoff semifinals, the Sugar Bowl, Texas and Washington. How do you see that one? I, I go with Texas right now. Uh, and every time I do that, I make a mistake. I did not think Washington would beat Oregon. I did not think Washington has played consistent good defense this year. But their defense in that Oregon game was probably the difference in the game. I mean, they literally controlled them two and a half quarters. Uh, so, you know, I just feel like right now Texas is playing the best football, and they, they, they're more balanced on both sides of the ball. But, you know, it's hard. to. I, I see this just like I do the other games. I think both of them are explosive on offense. Both of them are, are, are dynamic on defense. They make plays sometimes that devastate you. But Texas has been a little more consistent on defense throughout the season. And so I'm, I'm going to kind of go with Texas on it. Awesome, Coach. Listen, I may call on you one more time next week uh, to uh, um, you know recap these semifinal games and look ahead to the national championship game. Thank you, Coach. Sounds great, Gary. All right, Ellis Johnson. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to squeeze in a phone call before we get to the end of the show. Marty in Arkansas is waiting to talk to us. We'll get to him next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide 100.9. What up, my good people? It's Corey Miller, the pastor of pain. Coming up tomorrow on the Miller's Edge, we get a day closer to the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. We'll break down. We'll look at keys to the game as Alabama tries to take down the Wolverines of Michigan for an opportunity to win the national championship. That's coming up tomorrow right here on the Miller's Edge. Tune in 11 to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Crispy 2011 Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Colder with increasing clouds by afternoon. A few light rain showers mixing in with snow showers overnight. We'll top out around 48 today, drop to 31 overnight. No significant accumulations or impacts expected. Mostly cloudy, a few light rain or snow showers hanging around on Friday. Today, time high near 47. No significant accumulations expected. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 37 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 954. We got a, about three more minutes here left in this segment. Let's jump out on the first domain condominiums hotline and welcome in Marty up in Arkansas. Good morning, Marty. Hey, uh, Ron, I don't know. You know, like, will the Bulls, like you said, if you don't make the top 12, I think you fail. I mean, no, you're going to lose three games if you don't make the top 12. But I think it's going to hurt a lot of the bowls. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, either you go back to the – I like the old day when you watched the three and hoped the team that was above you lost. But Alabama got screwed two times in that. 
So, I mean, you know, everybody, like my friends up here say, oh, Alabama don't believe. Well, you know, I get the book out, Lost Ring, and the 1977 polls out, and I say, Alabama got screwed twice there, so we we got our pay, you got, we got payback now. But I think in the game uh, is that we make them one dimensional. We stop them on first down and make a second and eight, and they got to throw. And we get ahead 14 to nothing, they ain't coming back. I think we can beat them 35-14. Well, you know what, Marty? If they do get out on top, I, I think you could be right. Because I think the Auburn game would have been completely different if that Kendrick Law touchdown doesn't get called back. And it did, okay? It changed the game. But if Alabama goes up 14 nothing there, I think that Iron Bowl is completely different. Well, uh, you know, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's... That was a bad call. I mean, you know, everyone's trying to knock Alabama out. Bad calls. Referees are against us. The world's against us. You know, it's just one of those things. Like me living up here every morning. I every, Like when I tell Ryan on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I got to defend my Alabama Crimson Tide with all my Razorback fans. But it is what it is. But I'm already getting ready for season goes so fast. I'm not looking at the schedules of all the teams next year. It's going to be tough in that SEC next year, but, I mean, you know. But it's, it's going to be interesting. But, I, you know, I just think, like you said, I just think Alabama can get out in front and like they Michigan did in the Penn State game. They ain't going to be able to do like run the football the whole half. I mean, in, in the Penn State game, they didn't throw the second half. They ain't going to be right. able to do that against Alabama. So, I mean, you know, and gives Saban 30 days like he's got, he always comes out a winner. I got you, my friend. Good call, Marty. Thank you for your analysis. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, good show. I've listened to you some. I don't call you. I call Ryan a lot. But now I'm working over at, I'm taking care of some kids over at the Barna Hospital. So it's hard to call Ryan. But I listen to you, and, and I need to talk to, who's that guy? That does did the high school football. I need to talk to him about something too. So, okay, I think he's on that. And that right. Hey, you have a good day. Hey, yeah, well, Roll call tide. me, call me anytime, Marty. I enjoyed it. Okay, man. Okay, all right, I will. Hey, Roll Tide, and I'll call you tomorrow. I'm breaking down something else right now too, and then I'm gonna break down the game with a with my defensive coach from Arkansas, the Arkansas State coaches that I know real well because I know. uh the one from Alabama. We call it Alabama U up here since we got the basketball coach, the athletic director, and the football coach. So. Sure do. And he saw me in Alabama. So we call it Alabama U up here. So, Or I do, and I get kidded about it. But I said, you know what? Butch Jones will have it going and that. So it's not too bad yet up here. Great stuff, Marty. Got to run. Thank you, my friend. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. All right. It's 9.58. That's going to wrap it up for the first hour. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We'll be back with hour number two. We'll get it started with D. Orlando Ledbetter and the Falcons report. Stay with us. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Nick Cope. Thursday Night Football tonight features the Jets at the Browns. And coming off his big game this past Sunday, Cleveland receiver Amari Cooper is listed as questionable with a heel injury. NFL media reports this morning that Cooper is hopeful he can play, but his status remains up in the air, and they won't get a better sense of his availability until closer to kickoff. College football, USC won the Holiday Bowl over number 15 Louisville, 42-28, to behind a Holiday Bowl record. Six touchdown passes from Trojans quarterback Miller Moss, who is making his first career start. Number 20, Oklahoma State hung on to beat Texas A&M, 31-23 in the Texas Bowl. And in the Mayo Bowl, West Virginia cruised past North Carolina, 30-10. to in the NBA, Kevin Durant had a triple-double as the Suns topped the Rockets, 129-113. to Cavs rallied from down 20 to beat the Mavericks, 113-110. to Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. A new year, a new road work ahead in Tuscaloosa. Al Dodge will close 100 feet of Oscar Baxter Drive on Tuesday, and it will remain closed until January 26th in preparation for construction of a new flyway bridge on Highway 69. Brandon Powell has been charged with capital murder in the Christmas Day shooting death of 21-year-old Jalen Carter in Utah and Green County. And TPD officers spent the better part of last evening searching for items discarded by a driver during a high-speed chase. He ended up crashing into a light pole. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back in to the Gary Harris Show. Hour number two, Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and this hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Remember, Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. If you need a personal injury attorney, I highly suggest you get someone local, and I highly suggest you get either Paul Patterson or Mike Comer or, or just get their law firm because they will take care of you. I know from experience, and I know that the fact that they live here, they work here, they're raising their families here, they care about the people here, and if you... Hire one of those one eight hundred firms. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna help you. It's in their best interest, but they're not gonna be with you all the way. They're not gonna see it all the way through the way Patterson Comer will. Even if you have to go in the courtroom, one of those lawyers will be with you in the courtroom. Paul's in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. And remember, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And as always on Thursdays during football season, we kick off the second hour with D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the AJC.com in Atlanta, coming off a huge win over the Colts 29-10 last Sunday in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Good morning, Orlando. Hey, good morning, Gary. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. You really had some spot-on analysis last week in regards to this game, and and uh, you're feeling on t- you know Heineke being the right guy to to take over the quarterback uh, role, and he played a really good game. And the Falcons played what probably one of their best games uh, the, of the season as they they dominated a good Colts team, a Colts team that was red hot. Yeah, no doubt, a Colts team that's still in the hunt in the AFC uh, uh, South over there, but. Uh, yeah, the Falcons, uh, with their backs against the wall, uh, came out and put their best game together offensively, defensively, and on special teams there. 
Yeah, they did. And, you know, I always play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game with the Falcons, but you're, you're watching that game and you're thinking, my gosh, this team does have a, a, a fairly high ceiling. When they play well, they're, they're a good team. They just haven't played well uh, often enough. But they still got a shot with two games to go if they win both of them at the Bears this weekend and at the Saints. Unfortunately, both are on the road. We'll, we'll get to those games in a moment specifically. But uh, for Arthur Smith, this was a badly needed win, and I know he's fighting to keep his job. So uh, it's just one game, but it was a Falcons team that you just kind of said, where's that team been? Yeah, you know, they, were, um, they had to play a clean game. They weren't good enough to overcome, you know, turnovers and mistakes and penalties and so forth. You know, good teams can overcome some, some of uh, those issues, but they're, they're not good enough to do that. So they kept shooting themselves in the foot, and they just figured out, hey, we play a clean game. We got a shot against, you know, just about anybody that they play on their schedule. And so they were able to not turn the ball over. He took the check downs, uh, came out and answered. You know, the Colts scored on the opening drive. That was the first time they gave up an opening drive touchdown. And they answered with Bijan busting a run and then a long pass to Kyle Pitts. So, you know, Taylor knows he's just got to get it to the weapons. And he came out and showed that on the first drive and then was able to score on seven of the ten drives, which, you know, just by – uh, functioning and uh, operating the offense uh, at a you know re- really basic low level. Just take the check downs and keep it moving, and that's what he did. All right, the Falcons uh, obviously don't control their own destiny. The only team in the NFC South that does are the, are the Bucks. They're eight and seven. Falcons seven and eight. Saints seven and eight. So um, we'll need some help. But they got two tough games uh, on the road. Uh, beginning with Chicago. This is a Bears team that's gotten a lot better. I hadn't looked at the weather forecast, but you expect it to be really cold in in late December in Chicago. And uh, Justin Fields is is kind of gotten into a rhythm. This is going to be a tough game for the Falcons on the road, right? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the Bears have won their last four at home. It's, uh, you know, a mushy field. Uh, it's going to be cold in the 30s. Uh, not not supposed to be any rain or snow, but, you know, that stuff can change up there, there real quick, uh, right there on the lake, uh, on Lake Michigan. So, uh, going to be sloppy game. And the Bears, you know, they, they ran the ball. They ran it 38 times for 250 against the uh, Cardinals last week. No um, no real drama on what they're going to try to do. But, uh, you know, last year, the Falcons really lit up Justin Fields in that RPO game. So, they, you know, they know what they want to do in this game. And uh, uh, so it's going to be an old throwback, old throwback game, Gary. What do you think of the Falcons' chances if they win um, these – last two games uh i mean i don't see you know the bucks would have to drop one i guess the best chance obviously would be against the saints this weekend because they finish up at the panthers and even though carolina's playing better even if the falcons win out it's probably unlikely they win the division don't you think uh yeah yeah unlikely because yeah that would mean tampa would have to lose to to the panthers here and uh in the last game and you know the last game for a team that been through a lot. The coach has been fired. Half of the people know they're not coming back. So I really um, doubt that they're going to be able to muster up enough to beat the Bucks. So, yeah, the division title is kind of out of the way. Then you really start looking at the wild card uh, situation. And, uh, you know, that's not good either. The Rams and uh, 
Seattle can get the 10 wins and you can't get there. Um, you know, then the Packers are in that group and the Saints are in that group too. So, um, yeah, it doesn't look good, but you know, nine and eight would be progress here in Atlanta. Should have been 12 and 12 and five, or, you know, you've blown a lot of games this year, five games you blew. Uh, and, and so nine and eight with five games that you blew, that might be enough for the owner to uh, bring everybody back and let them keep on this uh, track that they're on right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So you do think that uh, that uh, Blank will bring Arthur Smith and the, the staff back for one more go-around next year, regardless of the, the way the season ends? So they, that's, what, that's where they're leaning. Um, you know, this was year three of a three-year plan, and they're going to assess it at the end. And they might decide, hey, you know, this isn't – we didn't we – didn't, uh, uh, make enough progress, and uh, you know maybe some there'll be some changes, but maybe not at the top. Overall, uh, and you pointed it out well. I mean, obviously that this Falcons this season could, they very easily could have just already run away with this division. They could be sitting here, you know, just getting prepared for the playoffs. It did not happen. Uh, who do you who do you put the blame on? Is, is it is it Smith? Is it Ritter? Is it uh, the defense not being able to hold a couple of late leads? I mean, uh, you know, the fact that this team has a higher ceiling than what it's been able to reach, and, and I think your opinion and my opinion too, wh- where does the blame lie? Why is it this Falcons team, why are they sitting here 7-8 and eight and not, you know, 10-5? and five? Yeah, I put it definitely on the coach and his decision to go with Desmond Ritter at, at the quarterback position. Uh, the offense has not been able to – to, uh, you know, sustain itself throughout the course of the season, and that was costly in, um, you know, all the losses. You know, the defense, they were leaving defense out on the field too long. And, you know, you got to be able to beat Arizona, uh, Tennessee, Minnesota. Then to lose at Carolina was just a really, really bad loss. Uh, you had the Bucks beat, lost to them. So, yeah, it's a team that was learning how to win. The coach is learning how to coach. And it had a quarterback trying to learn how to play quarterback. So all that stuff didn't go well. And, uh, you know, now how do you move forward? Can you build from it or do you start over? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, let's say Smith does come back. And now I'm going to hit the cart in front of the horse, but we're looking to next year. Um, what do they do at quarterback? Do they, they, they go in the draft? They look at free agency. They look at a trade. Uh, do you think they move on from Ritter, or they want to give him one more go? Obviously, Heineke's a, a stopgap. I don't see him being the the long term answer. Maybe he is, but uh, again, Falcons with quarterback questions. What do you think they'll do to address that in the off season? Hey, I'm uh, my first question today when I see coaches, uh, uh, Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be available. You know, he he uh, he's going to be available, and uh, Miss Russell Wilson's from Atlanta, so that's a natural fit there but yeah they're going to be in the quarterback market gary whether it's the free agent group or the draft group um i think they like heineke and ritter enough to let them stay but you know Jaden daniels will look awesome in atlanta uh some you know somebody that can teach the offense to and bring along give the fans hope the fans don't have hope right now at the quarterback position they got a nice team with a lot of shiny objects that's learning how to win uh, but they don't see the trigger man uh, uh, on the roster right now. So, yeah, whether if it's Russell or Kirk Cousins, I don't see him. Uh, Channing Hill, you know, then you got to, you know, what type of financial commitment do you make? And then, um, you know, uh, what do you do in the draft? Do you take 
one of the kids uh, at the top of the draft, or do you, you know, you're going to be in the middle. Do you take J.J. McCarthy or uh, Anthony Penix type of guy? Uh, you know, it's gonna mm-hmm. they're going to be in the quarterback market. Yeah, and I tell you this, though, with what Joe Flacco is doing in Cleveland, I think there are going to be a lot of clubs that are looking more uh, closely at, at just signing a, a veteran quarterback, uh, you know, that, that has proven that he can do it in this league because the, what Joe Flacco is doing in Cleveland, he was there for the taking by a lot of teams. And, um, and, and there are other examples of guys who have had, you know, you mentioned a couple of them that, you know, that might be a possibility for a team if you don't want to, you know, go with the rookie quarterback route again. So, I think those options are, are out there, and obviously Russell Wilson, like you said. So I think with what the Fal- the way the Falcons have botched this thing, they it may be about just looking for a veteran guy that they can bring in, and 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 as you said, uh, just got a pretty good team around them. That might be the best answer for them. Do you think? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think you, I think you do that approach, and um, also do the old Green Bay Packer approach under Ron Wolf. You draft the quarterback every year. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's early, late, or in the middle, and and let them compete. Uh, you know that's how the Packers ended up with. Uh, at one point, they had Mark Brunell, uh, Brett Favre, and uh, Hasselbeck all on the same roster. You know they had. You know before that, they had uh, all those guys, and uh, you know Kurt Warner was the fifth quarterback. So they they stockpiled quarterbacks for years, and uh, you know when the guys got good enough and ready to play, they traded them. You know Brunell. Uh, to Jacksonville, Hasselbeck went with Hunger to Seattle. So, so yeah, that's what the Falcons need to do. Whether they take, uh, you know, go high or go in the middle, or you know, take somebody late in the draft. Just keep drafting quarterbacks. All right, Orlando, tell me what you think about this uh, Sunday in, in Chicago. The Falcons going to win or not? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's going to be a loss for the Falcons. The Bears really are running that football and. Um, you know the Falcons going to try to make Justin Fields beat them, beating them by throwing. But uh, you know in that cold, you gotta, you gotta, um, you know, bring it all four quarters up there in the AFC North or NFC North. Used to be the Central, the old Black and Blue Division. And uh, you know the Falcons haven't. Um, you know this going to be a 15 round fight. I, I think they might go down in Chicago. And before we close out the segment, who do you like uh, on Monday in the uh, two college football playoff semifinals game? We'll start, of course, with the Rose Bowl, Alabama, and Michigan. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Alabama there. Uh, Justin Milrose put on uh, quite a show here. Uh, I was over for the Texas game, and uh, just to see him come back and play uh, some great football over the course of the season, I think the, uh, the tide is going to roll, even if Michigan does have their signs. <laughs> and what about the Sugar Bowl with Texas and Washington? I really, I, I watched a lot of the West Coast this year, uh, you know, messing around with Colorado. And uh, Phoenix is my favorite, uh, the big quarterback, the, 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 middle of the, the middle draft quarterbacks. Uh, I'm thinking that they, um, they might uh, beat Texas there. Great stuff, Orlando. And, of course, I know you, you cover the Falcons like a blanket, but uh, you're also uh, not just in your writing but with your podcast and doing a, you know radio shows and, 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 and the like. Uh, just let everybody know how they can uh, keep up with you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at DorlandoAJC and uh, all, of our, our, all of our work's on our, our website, AJC.com, and you could uh, follow the Bowtie Chronicles podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Orlando.
Thank you, Gary. Have a great one. You too. All right, it's ten sixteen here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, how about this? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, right? There are a lot of you who didn't intend to not work out during the holidays. You went into the holidays and you were thinking, all right, this is going to be the year I'm going to I'm going to work out right through the holidays, you know, and then the inevitable often happens for many of us. You know, there's family obligations, there's football, and, and you just wind up and you look up and it's a new year and you say what? You know what you say, Justin? Man, I hadn't worked out since October, you know, or I hadn't worked out since August. Well, you know, that's the great thing about it. You can always start. And the YMCA is having a no joining fee period between now and the end of January. That's right. No joining fee right now until January 31st, 2024. That is a great deal at the YMCA. All you have to do is join and start paying your monthly fees. You don't have to have any joining fee. So take advantage of this at the YMCA, 2300 13th Street downtown. It's an absolutely terrific facility, brand new cardio equipment. Get by and see Jeff Knox and the uh, folks there at the Y and get signed up with no joining fee now until January 31st. All right, we'll be back. Uh, we're wide open for phone calls in the next segment. We got uh, Jeff Spiegel coming up at the bottom of the hour, but we have uh, been guest heavy, but we can squeeze in some phone calls in the next segment here on the Gary Harris Show. Hi, Barry Buckner for Tuscaloosa Hyundai. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paramount. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Colder with increasing clouds by afternoon. A few light rain showers mixing in with snow showers overnight. We'll top out around 48 today, drop to 31 overnight. No significant accumulations or impacts expected. Mostly cloudy, a few light rain or snow showers hanging around on Friday. The daytime high near 47. No significant accumulations expected. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content. On your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1021, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Hey, some NFL notes since we're coming out of the segment with Orlando. You already heard on our Fox Sports update, Amari Cooper coming off that record-setting day on uh, over the weekend against the Texans is questionable for the Thursday night game tonight. And it's like he's got a heel deal, and if you're a receiver, listen, a painful heel, that's that's an issue. But here's the thing, Justin. You know, all night, all the times for Cleveland to be playing a Thursday game. You know what I mean? If they were playing a Sunday game, he'd probably be fine with two more full days of rest. But since they play tonight, he's questionable. I certainly hope he can go. And Kareem Jackson is back with where, you know, the team he started things with. And this is how long Kareem's been in the league. The Texans signed him. All right, the Broncos brought him back off that second suspension. They they put him on the waiver wire. I think they were hoping to re-sign him, but Texas uh, the Texans grabbed him. D'Amico played with Kareem, <laughs> and now he's his head coach. Hey, I like it, man. Kareem Jackson, he you know I don't I still don't think this is a bad thing for people to say you're too physical to play in the NFL. Your style doesn't fit. 
No, I don't think it's a bad thing either. It's definitely an older way of thinking, I guess, as the NFL is right now. Um, Kareem Jackson, after practice today, I guess they had an open practice, spoke with media. Oh, did he? And uh, the key thing he said was lowering the strikes. Yeah, he said he's going to have to tackle ankles. and Yeah. yeah. I, but, boy, he can, he can, boy, he can deliver a blow. I mean, and a lot of those hits, I, I you know, I thought were just hard hits, but I didn't think that they were they were dirty at all. Hey, pull that sound, and maybe we'll run it before the end of the show, the, the Cream Jackson sound if you can. Also, uh, speaking of the Broncos, the Russell Wilson deal is crazy. Um, Sean Payton, listen, man, Sean Payton is a alpha head coach. What he says is, is gospel. They are benching Russell Wilson, uh, basically ending his time, and they're going to owe him. They're going to be on the hook for um, – Thirty-nine million next year on his contract. <laughs> you know, and they're on the hook for thirty-nine million next year, and I think they're going to move on. I mean, you know, you don't bench him this late in the year for Jarrett Stidham because you want to see Jarrett Stidham. Uh, I mean, you're 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 making a statement. Uh, Wilson tweeted out yesterday, "God's got me looking forward to what's next." So he's obviously looking to move on too. So. Kind of strange deal there in, in Denver. All right, let's jump out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, hot and fresh anytime at Krispy Kreme. JR is with us. Good morning, JR. Good morning, Gary. Happy roll tide. Thank you, sir. <laughs> That's a unusual phrase, happy. <laughs> I hear you. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, it's looking forward to the first and uh, feel pretty confident. Um I've got a question for you. If all the, if you had to pick of all the four teams in the playoffs, which is the most overrated? Oh gosh, this, uh, Jr. I hate those kind of questions <laughs> because I don't think you get in the final four if you're overrated. I mean, I, I these 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 are four teams that stood tall the entire season. Um, <sighs> And I'm not trying well, to avoid, I'm not choose. trying to avoid the question. I'm really not. I just I don't think I don't think any well, of these teams are overrated. I mean, I, I really well, I have to look at it. Uh, I, the reason I asked, I have to look at it in according to the uh, uh, the the schedule yeah. that they have. Well, you're probably going to say Michigan then. Well, that definitely based on the schedule. <laughs> I mean, they had a pretty lightweight schedule. I mean, they did play a couple good teams, but um. All in all, I mean, they, you know, you, when you don't have a real tough schedule, you don't get injured or, you know, have as many issues like that with um, injuries. And, but, um, yeah, you know, you're right, though. They're all worthy teams to be there. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I understand your line of thinking. I mean, if you just, you know, you could also, and I know the Pac 12, everybody said it was a great league this year, but I, I still always, West Coast football to me, uh, you know, in the last 15, 20 years is not traditionally stacked up against SEC football. But uh, Washington, that second win over Oregon, that made a believer of me. Because I always like everybody else. I thought Oregon would beat them in the Pac-12 championship game. I really, really did. And, uh, and um, you know, Washington made a statement. So I'll tell you this. I, um, I agree with you on Michigan's schedule. Having said that, all you can do is play who you play. They're 13-0. 
Uh, and Ohio State is a legit team. I think we'd both agree on that. And they handled Ohio State. They beat, uh, they beat a pretty good Penn State team. But I definitely think Alabama's played better competition. And I, I think that that will give Alabama an edge. I think Alabama is, is more battle-tested in these types of games, particularly coming off the SEC championship game when they beat the team that most people thought were gonna, was going to win a third consecutive national championship, and Alabama took care of them. So I understand what you're saying in regards to Michigan. And, I, and I'll tell you this, on paper – on paper, if I just looked at the two teams' resumes, and I'm picking Alabama anyway, but I'd pick Alabama all day. But I do think this Michigan team has some has some um, they got they got an edge to them. They the three three straight years in the playoff, knocked out both the previous two years in the semifinal. I think they're I think this is a team that's focused and driven and is gonna be hard to handle. I think Alabama's gonna have to play really well to win this game. Did you make a prediction? Yeah, I picked it on Tyler Sider. I got it 31-21 Bama. Now, 31-21, you might say, to, but I don't, but it's not like that. I got it. I, the way I envision it is it being a field goal game in the fourth quarter. I think Alabama gets, you know, gets a stop, gets the football back. Yeah. And I think Milrow takes them down the field and they score the clinching touchdown, you know, with maybe two or three minutes to, in the, to go in the game, to go up 10 and win it. So I think it's going to be a really competitive game, but I do like Bama to, to, to win it 31-21. Well, I made a prediction, but I didn't get the call in on the show yesterday with uh, Ryan Fowler. But, or I don't know if you even had a prediction show. But uh, anyway, I was predicting 34 to 17. So we're pretty So close. you got Bama doubling them up. Doubling them up. Well, I hope you're right. I hope, hey, listen, I hope your prediction is, is right and mine's wrong because that 34 <laughs> 17 would be a little more comfort than, than you know, having to score one late to put it away. But I tell you, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I'd take a one point win, man, just to get to that championship game. You know what I'm saying? By all means. By all means. Well, thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. And I hope you had a great holiday. Merry Christmas. And, and um, had, had a lot of to do with your, you know, family and friends. And, and, um, just uh, hoping that we can have a, a happy roll time. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Right, Thank you, JR. All right, 1029 here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, we're right on time. We'll hit the break and we'll come back with Jeff Spiegel, uh, sports anchor, ABC 3340, host of The Zone, talking uh, Rose Bowl and more with Spiegs next, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC, the Tide 109 app, and Tide109.com. <laughs> Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It's Spiegs time. Jeff Spiegel, sports anchor, ABC 3340 in Birmingham, host of The Zone. And uh, with us on Thursdays, talk a little ball here on the Gary Harris Show. What's up, Spiegs? Hey, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. You got Congdon and, and McCulley out there to, to SoCal. And and uh, I was able to have Johnny on yesterday. But uh, I know we're, we're, we're ramping up now because it's, uh, it's late in the week and and the game will be here on, on Monday. Just your kind of, uh, as we're four days out, just what are you, what are you, what are you feeling? How, what do you, what, what, how do you feel about this game with Alabama and Michigan? Well, I still feel like, um, and I watched a lot of Michigan football yesterday morning uh, before I came into work. I, I, I still feel this way, and, I, and I, I think you probably agree. 
that if Alabama plays their best and Michigan plays their best, I think Alabama wins. I agree, and I think I think they could win. I think they could win by two touchdowns. Having said that, Michigan may have a lot to do with Alabama not playing their best because you know they're a really good football team. I mean, top to bottom, I mean there aren't many weaknesses on with this bunch. Agree with that too. You know, yeah, I mean they're 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 secondary. Got a bunch of ball hawkers out there. They picked off a lot of passes. You know their uh, their defensive front's really good. They their offensive you know, line is good. I mean, they've opened up some holes for Corum. And and one, and one guy that I've been really impressed with, you know, just watching, you know, the highlight reels, I didn't really know a lot about J.J. McCarthy uh, before yesterday, but I saw an interview he did, you know, with, uh, with the media, one of those scrum kind of things, Gary, for about 15 minutes. And I was really impressed with him and really impressed with the way he plays. I mean, you can tell he's pretty good at thinking on his feet. He's got mobility. The guy can run when he needs to. And uh, he's got a pretty good arm. So, I mean, you look at these teams and, gosh, I mean, there aren't many weaknesses to point out with, with either one. But isn't, isn't that the way it's supposed to be if you're one of the top four teams in the country right now? Yeah, I agree with everything you said on Michigan because I kind of feel the same way. I, I think Alabama will have to earn this win because, uh, I, I, and I'm with you too, I think best best against best, Alabama wins. I think both teams play their best. But if Alabama's slightly off at all, Michigan can win this game because, as you said, they're just so solid. And I've kind of done what you've done. I've kind of broken them down a little bit. All three phases, man, defense, offense, kicking game, in fact, that defense is, is is nasty, really. I mean, when you give up less than 10 points a game in this era, that's special. They turn you over. They score defensive touchdowns. They're good in the back end. Like you said, they're great against the run. And offensively with Corum, they run the ball downhill. And McCarthy's a playmaker. He can use his legs. He can make throws. And then they're solid in the kicking game, and I think they're well coached. So uh, it, it's not a game where Michigan's going to hand anything to Alabama. I think that's kind of what you're saying, and I agree with you. They're going to make Alabama earn it. Yeah, and the tight end, uh, Loveland, I was very impressed with him. I mean, he, he's a weapon. He's a weapon for that Wolverines offense. And, uh, you know, uh, big number 18, if he if he's out there in the pattern and he gets loose, uh, you know, that, that, that could be an issue, you know, for Alabama. Now, certainly, you know, Alabama's got a couple of great edge rushers, you know, in Braswell and Turner. Mm-hmm. And they're going to put some heat on McCarthy. But, you know, from what I saw of, of, of J.J. yesterday, the guy's, you know, pretty good when he's uncomfortable. Now, there's no one better, I think, in the country when he's uncomfortable than Jalen Milrow. So, you know, it's all going to come down to who takes care of the ball better, who who's pressured into making mistakes. Is it going to be McCarthy? Is it going to be Milrow? And uh, that that's going to have a lot to do with, with who wins this game and who moves on to the final. I want to ask you about Harbaugh, because obviously with Saban, we know exactly what we're getting and, you know, probably the best to ever do it. But Jim Harbaugh's won everywhere he's been. And, you know, you go back to the COVID year, you know, they, Ward Manuel cut his cut his uh, salary and, and, and there was talk that, you know, they, he might not make it. And now three straight years in the playoff, although they lost in the semifinals two years ago to Georgia, stunned last year by TCU. 
But a veteran team, I think they feel like it's their time. I, that's been my theme all week. I think Michigan feels like, like Alabama in 2009. When they got back to the SEC Championship game, the second team against Florida, Alabama just said, it's our time. You know, it's our time. We've earned this. I think Michigan feels like they've earned this. I think they, they feel like the last two years have led them to this, 13-0, two years in a row. And I think Harbaugh's done a marvelous job with this team. Regardless of what's swirled around them, whether it be the sign stealing or the notice of allegations, I think they're, you know, he's kept them kind of in a, in a vacuum. And I think this this team is focused and I think they feel like they're a team of destiny and sometimes when you face a team like that 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 belief can carry a team a long way and I think Harbaugh for all his peculiarness and and quirkiness I think he's a heck of a football coach and I think he's kept these players focused on the task at hand yeah he does he's got a pretty good offensive coordinator I mean Moore's done a really good job with the offense and you know, they're going to throw in a couple of wrinkles. They'll throw in a couple of trick plays. They play loose. They're not afraid to take chances. And one thing, another thing that's impressive, you know, about this team also is that, you know, remember back in 2020, you know, Alabama's championship year, and, you know, Nick Saban had to miss, had to miss the Iron Bowl due to COVID, you know, and, you know, there were some people that, whoa, how, how, how are we going to do, how are they going to do without their, you know, without their head coach there on the sidelines? And Sark stepped in and, Man, those guys just took care of business. Well, Michigan's done that five games this year. Five games. And I think that shows that shows a little bit, a lot, really, about the maturity of this team. The fact that, yeah, they like having their head coach on the sidelines. But you know what? They know the game plan. They know what they're doing. I mean, they're, they're, they're confident with whoever is on the sidelines kind of running the team because they're confident they can make the plays and, and win the game. So that's another thing that's been impressive about this team, too, is just the, the maturity and the ability to go out there and, and take care of business. And, and you know, when the field was announced, I mean, the, there was a lot made about, you know, you heard the groans and everything in the group. And, and I, think that was, I think that was overblown, you know, to a great deal. I, th- I don't think this Michigan team fears anyone. I think they respect Alabama, but, but they're not afraid of those guys. And I really do agree with you when when you say that they think it's their time, and and uh, we'll see Monday at four o'clock for sure. Jalen Milroe, he's just a problem, man. I mean, he I think he gives defensive coordinators nightmares with the way he's playing right now and the different things that he can do. But Harbaugh had an interesting comment yesterday at the Disney press conference when asked about Milroe. He said he's a polished Alex Orgy. Well, Alex Orgy is their their backup quarterback. And he is huge. I mean, he he looks like uh, uh, Milton at Tennessee. I mean, he that played at Michigan too. I mean, he's that he's that big. He's bigger than Jalen, and he's Number athletic. 10, right? But he's yeah. still not Jalen Milrow. And right. um, <laughs> you, if he were if we were better than Jalen Milrow, he'd probably be playing ahead of McCarthy. So I know what he was saying. I don't think he meant it as a slight toward Milrow, but to think that you can duplicate what Milrow does uh, with a backup quarterback in practice, I I think that's a little bit of a reach, Jeff. Do you? Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just like when Alabama tried to get somebody to duplicate, you know, Jaden Daniels during LSU week. I mean, you got a lot of good athletes on your team, but, but, but you don't have an athlete quite like that. And that's the same way, you know, with Alabama. And, you know, as I mentioned a while ago, you know, Milro can throw the deep ball. You know, uh, he can run, but he has become really good when things start breaking down around him, like the little flip that he made to uh, to Isaiah Bond. You know, in the SEC championship game, stuff like that. 
you know, where he's where he's thinking on his feet and you know, reminds me so much of, you know, a Patrick Mahomes, you know, that, that he he can think on his feet and make plays and, and improvise and and Michigan hasn't played a guy like that this year. No, they haven't. All right, so what's your uh, what's your prediction? Well, I mean, uh, I think it's going to be a really tight game. Uh, I think I think Alabama wins by a touchdown. Uh, I think it could be it, it it just could be just an incredible incredible semifinal. And um, and I think you know I think the tight defense you know forces Michigan into making some mistakes. Michigan Michigan doesn't beat themselves, so you know you, you got to make them beat themselves. And I think Alabama maybe gets a couple of turnovers and wins this thing by seven. What about the other college football playoff semifinal in the Sugar Bowl? Uh, Texas and, and Washington, Jeff. How do you see that one? Well, I like Texas. Well, I think Sark has got them just, you know, humming right now. I mean, they're just clicking on all cylinders. And I think Washington has, um, you know, impressed me with a win over Oregon. And, and they were they really played the disrespect card to the hilt that they'll do it again this week because – you know, a lot of people, you know, are picking Texas, you know, I'm sure to win that thing. But um, but I love what Sark's done with his team. I love the confidence that he's coaching with. I love the confidence that his guys are playing with. And I think Texas wins. And I think we got an incredible rematch in the championship game. SEC finally got its bowl season kicked off last night. I don't think anybody's surprised that A&M lost. I mean, 30-something players gone, coaching transition, got a guy coaching in the game who's, who's leaving right after the game. But they played a, a, a decent game against uh, Oklahoma State and actually, you know, had a chance there at, at the end. So I think it'll be – I think the SEC can have a winning record in bowl games. I don't think it's a given, particularly with A&M losing. But I want to ask you about the Music City Bowl coming up uh, this weekend with Auburn and, and uh, Maryland. Talia Tangabaloa is not going to play in the game, so you would think that gives Auburn an edge. Uh, do you think the Tigers get the W in, in Nashville against the Terps? Yeah, I think they do. <clears throat> of course, Auburn, you know, Auburn's missing some guys too. You know, they're missing a couple of guys on the back end, you know, who have opted out. Certainly, you know, Robbie Ashford has decided to move on as well. Uh, Javarius Johnson, you know, is in the transfer portal. So, you know, they're missing some key cogs too, but you know, here's a good chance for, you know, one one last chance for Peyton Thorne to validate, you know, what his coach has been saying about him. I mean, pretty consistently all year. I mean, he believes in this guy. So I think, you know, Peyton kind of had some about with a flu last week and missed some time, but, but he, uh, but he looks like he's healthy and ready to go. And the team does as well. So I think Auburn comes out and, and gives a good showing and, you know, kind of, gets the guys that they have and I think the guys that they have are going to be good enough I mean I think they can win this game and I think Maryland without Talia you know is not the Maryland football team we saw this year so I think Auburn wins this thing uh, maybe not convincingly but I think maybe about 10 points or so Jeff I was having this discussion earlier and you you already alluded it too with all the opt-outs for you know Auburn and Maryland and it's just it's just become the norm which I just think is sad I mean I and again, I, I never played college football, and you didn't either, but I think we can relate um, as a competitor. You know, how do you play an entire season with your team? And then even if you're an NFL draft prospect, say, I don't want to play in the bowl game. I don't want to finish what I start. I just, I, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not necessarily blaming all the young men. I think they've been not, not brainwashed, but they've been taught this is what you do. Hey, listen, if, you don't, you know, if you're not in the playoff, now why, why risk an injury or whatever? I, I, just, I just hate this is where we're at. 
Yeah, and I think maybe name, image, and likeness has made that you know a little a little worse. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it is. I mean, it is it is kind of a sad commentary, but I mean, there's there's no reversing this. I mean, this this is the way it's going to be, and and you know, um, gosh, I mean, you look at your coaches as examples. I mean, how many interim head coaches are coaching in these bowl games? Yeah, a bunch. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Mm-mm-mm. Big basketball game coming up Saturday at Legacy Arena. Alabama needs a, a win going into conference to get to eight and five. And uh, Liberty's not not a bad team. Uh, of course, we saw Bama run up and down the floor against Eastern Kentucky. Um, you know they can make you look bad when they're on, and you don't have those big physical bodies inside. Uh, you you like the tide to get it done on Saturday? I do. You know Liberty is Liberty's gone to NCAA tournament. Yep. They're ten and three. Yep. Uh, this is not going to be one of those games where they just roll out the basketball and and, and they win. I mean, look, I mean, Alabama's seven and five, you know, and, and they've lost to really good teams, but but there, there's no team on their schedule, you know, where you could just go here, you know, let's roll the ball out there and we'll get it done. I mean, EKU, a very bad three point defensive team, and and Alabama knocked down some threes. Now I think that was big because if you can see the ball go through the hole. And there haven't been a lot of games where, you know, Alabama's just tore it up from the three-point line. But to knock down as many threes as they did, no matter who they're playing, had to do a lot, had to do a lot for their confidence. And, you know, hopefully there will be uh, guys will pack Legacy Arena Saturday and, and, uh, and watch them play a good game. Yeah, Bama goes 19 to 38 from three. They're going to be hard to handle for anybody. Hey, great stuff, yeah. Jeff. I know you're going to have tons of coverage with Johnny and, and, and uh, Chris out in um, Los Angeles for the Rose Bowl. So, you know, people want to tune in for that. And then, of course, Sunday night, uh, boy, the zone ought to, be, uh, ought to be a humdinger this weekend. Absolutely. And uh, Jamie Hale's up in Nashville covering the Music City yep, Bowl. Appreciate that. her, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, son, uh, we'll, we'll be taking New Year's Eve off, but we'll be back January 7th for The Zone at 1035 on Sundays on ABC 3340. Gary, appreciate the plug. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, Jeff. All right, it's uh, 1047 here on The Gary Harris Show, and we got one final segment to go. Phone lines are open on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. So uh, give us a call. We'll be right back after this. Coming up, Coming up on the game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up starting at 2 o'clock, we're going to have comprehensive coverage of Alabama's offense, Michigan's defense, all starting at 2 o'clock. Our coverage live in L.A. is presented by Taco Casa, Chicken Salad Chick, Bet You, Blue Spring Living Water, Chuck Norwood, Remax of Gunnel Shores, and DanielMoreArt.com. All starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Colder with increasing clouds by afternoon. A few light rain showers mixing in with snow showers overnight. We'll top out around 48 today, drop to 31 overnight. No significant accumulations or impacts expected. Mostly cloudy, a few light rain or snow showers hanging around on Friday. Today, time high near 47. 
no significant accumulations expected. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly! on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Ten fifty-one. welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Some Bama football notes uh, from out in Los Angeles and just in general. Uh, no surprise here. Caleb Downs yesterday is the recipient of the 2023 Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award. That uh, award is given out by the Maxwell Football Club and, of course, named after former Bama running back Sean Alexander. But he was one of five finalists, but he just had a phenomenal year. 95 tackles. Um, had that punt return against uh, Chattanooga for an 87-yard touchdown. He was the SEC Newcomer and Freshman of the Year. Um, two-time SEC Freshman of the Week. Just uh, was, was as good as advertised. I mean, he was one of those players, you know, you sign 20-something guys, but Every now and then you get one that you sign and you just know <laughs> there's got to, not going to be any orientation time needed. There's not going to be, you know, the guy special. And I think everybody that follows high school football knew that Caleb Downs was special. And when Alabama got his signature over Georgia, it was a, it was a big deal. Because he's one of those guys that he does tilt the field a little bit. There, you know, you, you sign a lot of guys, and but there's every now and then there's a prospect. At the minute you sign them, you know you're better, and you know the team that didn't sign him. You know, you know. I think Ron Williams, Sarah Land is one of those kind of guys. I mean, if if Alabama gets him, kind of keep it rolling on offense. If Auburn gets him, he's a, he's a swing guy. He's a guy that can swing the pendulum a little bit. He's that good. But Caleb Downs uh, lived up to the hype. I mean, he you can make an argument. Really, and I understand Dallas Turner's a first-team All-America, and I know that um, you know Justin Bobby had a really great year, and and Deontay Lawson, and even in that secondary with those two cornerbacks, with with you know uh, Arnold and and, and Kool Aid. But Justin, I think you can make an argument that Caleb Downs is the best player on that Alabama defense. Oh, you could easily make that <laughs> argument, I think. And he's a true freshman. Yeah, doesn't he lead the team in tackles he does. as well? Yeah, yeah just 95 could. tackles. I mean, it's so uh, phenomenal. So, also, um, Saban said yesterday at that Disney press conference, at the Disney kickoff for the Rose Bowl, that it, all, all systems seem to be going. Jace McClellan, he said unless something's unforeseen, you know, he's practicing, he's, he's got no restraints. So, it looks like Alabama will have him back. Hey, listen, they're, they're deep at running back, but you want to have all your weapons, man. You know, Jace is a space guy. He's a perimeter guy. He catches the ball the backfield. Roydale's kind of more of a sticky foot in the ground, get north and south. And then Jam Miller's like a combination of the two. You know, he can get up, he can he can get up to the edge, but he's also powerful. And of course, obviously the true freshman, Justice Haynes, who I th- still think is going to be a marvelous football player. Uh, so, but but having McClellan in back is good. Uh, you know, Alabama seems to be as healthy as they've been all year, which is what you would hope for when you go a month without playing a game. But, you know, there's not there's not any injuries that I think are going to impact the team in this game. I, I think it's going to be full speed ahead for Alabama. And the same thing really for Michigan, too. I mean, you know, you're you, you get a month to get ready for a game. It's much like, um, you know, starting the season over again. In the past couple of years, too, it's, it feels kind of rare that we're going into a college football playoff game 
not having well yeah two years ago it was a nightmare yeah you know you lost Mitchie um in the SEC championship game so you didn't have him at all and then of course in the second quarter of that game against Georgia you lost Jamison Williams and it changed everything and you're right there were some other people out that you know the receiving core was just decimated that year and um but this year you know everything looks good going into the game so but just a couple news and notes uh, right there and I do want to mention this um, because it is not my was not my plan to be out tomorrow. But if you listen to the show or you watch me on TV or, or follow me on social media, you probably know or maybe aware that my mother's having some health issues. And tomorrow uh, morning, uh, we have to move her from the facility that she's at now to a more long term care facility. And I've got to be there to help and um, do my part. So I will not be here in the morning. And uh, Justin's going to be in. And we've got um, some great stuff lined up to keep you entertained. But I will not be here in the morning. I have to, I have to, you know, take care of family. Um, so we'll be back on Tuesday, obviously Monday. Uh, we'll have tons of pregame coverage here on Tide and, and the Bear 95.3, but we won't have our normal lineup of shows. So I'll talk to you again on Tuesday, and we'll be able to recap the national championship game and, and uh, hopefully look ahead. I mean, recap the uh, college football playoff semifinal with Rose Bowl and hopefully look ahead to the national championship game. But do want to pass that along uh, about tomorrow. All right, great show today, jam-packed. All the interviews are available at the Podcast Center, Todd109.com Podcast Center. And I want to thank all of our guests. Catch me on TV tonight with the local sports on WVUA 23. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. The Miller's Edge is coming up next with the father-son team of Corey Miller and Kristen Miller. And of course, Noah Haynes will be in producing that one. Have a great day, everybody. And it's, it's sunny outside, but it's a little bit cool. So put on a jacket. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.